You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 152. For this edition of the program, I chatted with Los Angeles-based indie folk artist Casey Johansson. Casey just released her incredible fourth record, No Better Time, late last month. It's a gorgeously lush collection of folk songs that explores love and how one learns to accept it into their life. During our interview, Casey gave us a scoop on some of the record's standout tracks, like Even a Lot Feels Like Nothing and Let Me Walk Right In. Plus, we chatted about how the experience making her 2017 album, The Hiding, compared to the making of No Better Time, her early experiences writing songs, how her surroundings have shaped her songwriting, working with her partner, Tim Ramsey, her label, Nightbloom Records, and a whole lot more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look At My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look At My Records website, where you can find reviews, playlists, premieres of new music, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. Super excited to have Casey Johansing here on Look At My Records. Her fourth record, No Better Time, is out now, and it's excellent. Congrats on the release of your wonderful new record. Thank you so much. And you're very welcome. How's your year been going as far as all the crazy events that have been happening in the world, in the United States? How's everything been going with you? Oh, you know, ups and downs and just trying to stay connected to community and remain grateful. But it's, yeah, it's had its challenges for sure. For No Better Time, was this a a record that you wrote and recorded this year? Or was this something that you had already finished before the onset of COVID-19? I finished it in the fall and then like mastered it basically i think in february it was mastered so just sort of right 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 before finished it right before everything shut down but i recorded it in like april of last year or something so it's been a while yeah so has that waiting period to release this been challenging to get these songs out there yeah I mean, to a certain extent, I've experienced this in the past with other records, so it's something I'm not like totally unfamiliar with, but I think definitely finding like, not only like, you know, before COVID, kind of like waiting and shopping it around and all that stuff is one thing, but then since COVID, there's, you know, obviously been a lot of events that you're just wondering when's the, the appropriate time or the right time to take up space and trying to navigate all that for sure has been, um, you know, a thing, but... And it still is. It's like not the most convenient time to re- release a record. Yeah, it's it's a very 
unique, interesting time to be a musician and put new music out. Absolutely. So No Better Time, incredible record, and I have a lot of questions about it, but I did want to talk a little bit about your background. I know you... You grew up in Colorado, Mm -hmm. you live in LA now, and I feel like your sound on this record and on uh, your last record, The Hiding, Mm kind of like captures this point between those different rural and kind of urban settings in a folk sense. Um, How have the places that you've lived uh, influenced your sound? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess for this record, I just was absorbing, you know, all of the music and the shows and the experiences that I was having down in LA. And I really wanted it because it's like the first record I've made since being here. I wanted it to to reflect that, you know, like all of the amazing musicians that I was meeting and the amazing musicians that I got to collaborate with. So yeah, I, I'd hope that it reflects that kind of the energy and excitement that was that I was feeling at least being in LA and some I don't know some of the musical themes and whatnot it's hard to like remember like pre that but I mean I was I lived in the Bay Area for many years before moving here yeah and so what was that transition like for you coming from the Bay Area which definitely has a rich music scene in its own respect to LA that has also another great music scene and a a really rich history in you know folk music and uh, those type of that type of genre of music um i mean it was really hard at first because it's it was just such a rich community there a lot of the people who i was close to up there did end up moving here um so there's been some crossover but uh i lived like i spent a lot of time in west marin and like very beautiful rural places and that like that connection to nature and beauty is super important to me so i think that was hard to let go of even though i do think la is beautiful but um yeah i think la or living in the bay area really taught me how important it is to have a a supportive community and i was so happy when i you know it took a little while but when i found it here that's great and i'm glad you're able to find that community in la as well yeah it's harder right now but I know everyone's out there. Yeah. <laughs> They're just waiting yeah. for everything to get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, curious about your your upbringing as well. I was reading some interviews that you did and I know you started writing songs and were involved with making music from a very young age. Mm-hmm. I think something that kind of your parents bestowed upon you Mm -hmm. what were some of the early experiences that you had playing music that shaped you as a songwriter and musician well my mom was really musical and she played piano a lot and flute and kind of she she had like a songbook of like songs she would learn and which i recently looked through which was really cute it was like i was like this is the coolest music book ever it's like an old bind (laughs) Joni mitchell and like the beatles and just like paul mccartney so even though maybe I wasn't like aware of that as a kid, I was like absorbing it, you know, even second yeah. hand. Um, but I used to like mess around with the piano all the time and kind of make up my own songs. And then my uncle was a songwriter and he, he was really, you know, kind of, I think instilled a sense of like singing songs with friends and like campfire songs and kind of that's always been really important to me. So um, those are some of the earlier, earliest memories. That's really cool. I listened to your record. I, I definitely hear Joni Mitchell for yeah. sure. Yeah. Definitely. So that's cool yeah. that she was in that song book. For sure. 
Yeah. Great godmother. And uh, like I said, I, I really like the record. Really expansive, lush sounding. And you worked with uh, Tim Ramsey on the record. Yeah. And you wrote all the songs. And uh, I guess, was he kind of involved in arranging them? What was the kind of relationship like as far as writing and recording the music when you were working with uh, Tim Ramsey? And how'd you two meet and start working together? Yeah, well, Tim is my partner, so that's part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a good answer when, when you don't know that. And then someone's like, yep, that's my partner. So that's how we met. Yeah. I mean, like when I first met him, I was like, oh, he's such a good musician. I like, and I was just moving to LA. I was like, I'd love to collaborate with him. He like plays pedal steel and guitar really well. Yeah. So eh, that all worked out. But I think he was just, he has like, a, I don't know, he can just remember everything musically. Like he has a really good ear. So if I were writing a song and kind of like forget to record it on my voice memo for whatever reason, he'd remember it which was very wow. me, but like any songs like even a lot feels like nothing was like so hard to finish and he was just like you have to finish it you know he was just in the room while i was playing the same part over and over again you know for months so that just having that person to kind of be a champion like just keep keep working at it you know or sit down and kind of try things out with that was so helpful and then in the studio yeah he has like he has a lot of experience with recording so um, and has a great um, sense of uh, sense of arrangement sensibility. I don't know what the word is, but just like really tasteful ideas. So he was like very integral in choosing all the guitars that we were going to use. You know, things that I wouldn't necessarily think about. Um, a lot of the percussion and chimes, just like that kind of thing. He really played a huge role in. Cool. I, it's it's great. It's a really great sounding record. And you, cool. it's funny, you mentioned, I think, one of my favorite songs on the record, mm-hmm. Even A Lot Feels Like Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a killer tune. Thanks. And so the themes of the record really represent this type of personal evolution, learning to love yourself and that you're worthy of love. And a lot of the songs really look inward Mm -hmm. in attempt to like process emotions and better understand yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, like what were some of the experiences in your life that informed the the record and what you were writing about? Well, yeah, part of, yeah, when I first moved to LA, I'd gone through like kind of a few friend, friend breakups and like um, musical collaborations ending and heartbreak and just things that kind of reinforced a lot of beliefs that weren't like very self weren't weren't in alignment with accepting love and so I feel like meeting Tim and moving here and making this record and being new in this daunting city it was I feel like that yeah that all informed a lot of the songs for sure just Kind of feeling like a new kid again or something. Yeah, and what I really liked in listening to your 2017 record, The Hiding, which I felt like thematically was kind of dealing with what you had mentioned, Mm -hmm. kind of falling out with friends or partners and how that hurts and it's hard to process. And then these songs are kind of seemed like the next step in 
bit of like an emotional growth or stepping forward. So did you see these songs and what you were creating as kind of the natural next step for you and what you were experiencing and as a new beginning, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like not necessarily something that I'm like thinking about, but maybe it's just organically was part of that. I, you know, I hope I've grown and moved through a lot of it or am growing. And a lot of the songs on the hiding I had written before a lot of that stuff had happened. There were like a couple that kind of happened in real time, the hiding yeah. of those songs. Um, but so these these songs actually feel more about a lot of those experiences, you know? Yeah. Somehow that makes sense. Yeah. What I also liked, I feel like it's a record that people can draw strength from when listening to as far as some of the lessons is with self-love and acceptance. Yeah. What what do you hope people take away from the record when they listen to it in in that respect? I feel like it could kind of be helpful in guiding people as well. I guess everything you just said, that would be amazing <laughs> if people felt all those things, like really truly. I think any sense of like comfort and connection we can create with our art right now is so important because it's just a really challenging time. You know, we can get in our heads or we're just like only interacting on social media. I hope people feel like less alone in whatever feeling they're having. And so I wanted to ask you about the first single, I Try, which was actually the last song you wrote and recorded for the record, it yeah. kind of came together spontaneously yeah. and very organically. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had a song come together that per- like perfect? It sounded like it came together really perfectly and out of nowhere. Yeah. So what did, have you ever had a song come together that, well, how'd it come together? And um, what did it feel like to have a great song like come out of you? that quickly and organically that was really fun just i think it the helps that the band made it the b- band really made it like that was um so i feel really grateful for all the musicians who were a part of this record but then i guess the other time i remember that happening was with bow and arrow on the hiding that really just like came together in the studio and that was really magical it is like a magic feeling you're just like you just get on the microphone, you're like, I don't know, I kind of have a few lyrics. And then it all just like something about the energy or the excitement of being in the studio and the, how good everything sounds, you know, it just kind of things align, like the stars align. And it's really cool because for something that you thought was so good, and it is a good song to be the first single on the record after you had already recorded everything. Yeah. Did you feel drained at all at that point? Or were you kind of just digging deep sort of to build off of that momentum? Um, Well, we like, so we recorded with the band like live, like all the songs live in the first two or three days. So it was like, I think we were all just excited and then like stayed and overdubbed a lot of stuff for the following week. But so I think we were pretty energized. but it wasn't like even leaving. I was like, oh, that's going to be the single. I don't even, I guess I just thought it'd be like a good single, like summertime song. And then of course everything happened <laughs> and it didn't come yeah. out like, you know, the fall. But uh, I love that song. I thought I just, it made me feel good, I guess, to have like a kind of danceable song. What about the sonic direction of this record when compared to The Hiding? 
I feel like this album definitely has a, a wall of sound vibe. Yeah. There's like a big sound to this record. Yeah. I felt like The Hiding had it too. Yeah. But I feel like this is this is another level totally. What inspired you sonically and how'd you go about creating your sonic vision for this record? Well, that's good to hear. Thank you. And I feel like I, I wish I had Tim here to talk more about that because for me, I don't often like, it's not that I'm not thinking about it. It's just like more just what I'm drawn to, you know, it's like, yeah. Do you know, um, Caitlin Aurelia Smith? Are you yes. familiar with her music? She's a friend of mine. And I just, am always like, how do you come up with this stuff? Like, it's crazy. You know, I literally have no idea how she makes what she makes. And she's like, I don't know. Like, it's just what I make. It's what it sounds. That's what I'm hearing. And I feel like some artists are really like, I was listening to this and that, and I wanted that feeling, but I don't know. Part of me just feels like it's just, I just let it be whatever, whatever comes out of being in the studio in that moment and the instruments that are around and the energy of the band and the chemistry, you know? And you, you wrote the songs, you came in with the songs, yeah. but then the fact that you were recording live in the same room as the your your entire band, which yeah. that happens sometimes, but a lot of times that doesn't happen. Right. That really, you think, played a large role in, in what the record wound up sounding like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, like a lot of the vocal takes that, that made it to the record were live, you know, were from just playing live. Cause I was like, I don't know, I made a mistake there, but I really love the energy in that take. And um, so definitely, I'm really glad we did it live. It was really, really, it made it just like feel so good. Yeah, that's cool. And it sounds like wonderful experience that definitely shaped the sound of the record. Yeah. I'm curious about, again, comparing it to The Hiding, which I read you recorded in a few different places, right? Mm -hmm. And this was all in one studio place, yeah. the whole record, the yeah. whole studio. Was that something that after recording your last record at a bunch of different places you were really set on i want to try this yeah to try it or what was the how would you compare the two and what was your thought process behind approaching recording this record that way um i mean with the hiding i think because i didn't like get it all initially there was just a lot of like trying to you know it was, an, it was like a amazing journey i i wouldn't I don't regret any of it, but we recorded a lot of the basics, you know, like even the drums, we were recording like drum parts modularly and like it was kind of painstaking and I didn't enjoy the process as much. Yeah. So I knew I was like, I don't want to do that again. I, I want to like really enjoy the experience of playing with people and that to be like at the root of it all. Cause you know, we can probably polish anything up, but I'd rather that that be the most important thing is the 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 energy that all the musicians are having together and it made it so much easier to overdub you know and add parts you know no better time really important track i felt like lyrically as well uh, confronts creating boundaries with abusive yeah and alcoholic men yeah um was that something you found yourself really grappling with as a result of uh, Me Too and different movements that were happening and how were you able to process that um, within yourself? Um, I mean, I'm 
grappling with it now. I feel like I'm, after like sharing the song and addressing it more publicly, you know, because I could have just put out the song and not said what it was about and people could interpret it however they wanted to. But so I feel like I'm processing that all right now in real time, you know, like, but I just wrote it as a response to an experience I had with somebody. I'm, I, I mean, multiple people, but more immediately a specific experience experience I'd had. I think the Me Too mov movement didn't necessarily like inspire me to write the song, but I, I think maybe even in a, on a subconscious level, I may not have written it had the movement not occurred and it, you know, is continuing to occur. And then obviously with the election, it's like, I don't know. For me, it felt important to say something about that. Totally, it is important. And especially, I was gonna ask, regarding the timing because yeah. within the last few months you know especially on the west coast with yeah. burger records yeah. and things like that it's really important to bring to the forefront yeah yeah it's gonna take some time still but we're all learning yeah absolutely yeah so another track that i really like on the record let me walk right in starts out very sparse but yeah kind of slowly expands culminates into these really gorgeous harmonies and strings. I'm just curious specifically how that track came together. We'd been playing that song live for a while. So we had like the kind of foundation um, sorted out, but I feel like the strings, we worked with this guy, Amir Yagmai, who's amazing. I feel like he made that song so beautiful. Um, he just came in and kind of layered strings I, I'm glad you like that song. I love that song. How how were you able to bring in? Um, are most of the musicians you played with on the record people that you know from within your own music community? I had never met him, and he was like somebody that I'd seen play before and was blown away by. He plays in Feist's band, or like one of her oh, cool. bands, as does Todd, who plays bass in. Um, on the record. And I remember seeing her play live and look at her band and was just like, this is like the dreamiest band. They're all multi-talented and they can sing, like they're just incredible. But Todd brought him in. He, we hadn't even, I mean, we knew we'd want, we wanted strings. We just hadn't kind of gotten there yet. But amazingly, he was able to come in during our initial booked time and just in basically a day laid down all the strings. It was like a huge honor. He's really special. And what was the studio that you worked in again? And how'd you wind up deciding that you wanted to record this record there? Um, well, I wanted, I, it's called 64 Sound and it's in Highland Park, um, not far from where we live. Um, and yeah, I, I asked a friend, you know, do you know any studios you recommend that are this, you know, kind of this price and have a piano and kind of threw some things out and he recommended this spot and I'm, so glad he did because yeah it's a great place like has a lot of good energy and it it's been around for a really long time so it has some um, got some like good i don't know some good ghosts ghosts are important yeah. in the studio totally very very important yeah you don't want to do sterile you know yeah needs those spirits in there exactly Tell me a little bit about the music community you're a part of. I know you play with Meg Duffy and Hand Habits. You've worked with Alex Bleeker, too. Uh, who are some of your peers that inspire you, and how have they inspired you? Let's see. Um, well, I should probably mention my friend Sam Burton. He's um, he's just put out a record as well. There's so many. 
Little Wings. I love Kyle Field and Little Wings and my la- everyone on my label, Suzanne Valley. <laughs> and like my label, I basically created just to like continue to help nurture community. Alex is obviously part of that. And my friend Jeff Manson. And there's so many. I love so many of <laughs> my friends and their music. Yeah, that's cool. And your your label is great. Night Bloom yeah. Records. Yeah. You, you work with Alex Bleeker on the yeah. label. Yeah. A lot of talented songwriters from uh, Southern California. Yeah. What, what made you want to start your own label? And do you have like a specific philosophy behind the label sounds like maybe community supporting yeah. your community yeah and you are you focused on signing any particular sound or give me a little tell me a little bit about the the label um yeah i mean in part i start i started the label right when i moved here from west marin so i think I, it's something i always had wanted to do but i think um <clears throat> moving here i was like oh that's a way for me to stay involved with my community up north um So that was part of it. And, you know, I'd like to open up and like discover new artists to sign at some point, but at this point it feels very, just like the extended community that I'm a part of is so rich. And so I feel like I don't, I've just been like putting out Sousa's record was just, I just felt so lucky. I definitely wanted to feel like, yeah, the, that West Coast sound doesn't have to be like exclusively West Coast, but, I guess all of it's just happened so organically at this point. Like we're just like really taking it slow. And um, I love our label. I I, I know it has its limitations because it's still just like a baby, but I would highly recommend everyone listen to all the artists on on our roster because they're all so good. So would I, everyone. You got two people recommending Night Bloom Records (laughs) right here. Yeah, including your new record, which is coming out on Night Bloom. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I finally got a record deal. <laughs> so we're coming to the point in the show where we're going to play some songs from your new record. I want to play all of me for sure. So before we dive into this set of songs, tell us a little bit about all of me. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's the second track on the record. Um. All of Me was my second single, yeah. And um, it's about self-love and body positivity and um, just, yeah, just like accepting your body in whatever state it's in because it changes and and we have really like awful beauty standards in our society. So that was like what it was about, yeah. Made a cool video. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I thought I made a cool video with my friend Leanne Chris. It's a cool video. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Check it out, everyone. Thanks. It's a great video. All right. And now we're going to play some songs from the record we've been basically talking about for the last half hour. It's my guest, Casey Johansing's brand new record. It's called No Better Time. Again, everyone, you can get it at caseyjohansing.bandcamp.com or you could stream it on your streaming platform of choice. We're going to hear four songs from the record. We're going to hear All of Me, I Try, Even a Lot Feels Like Nothing, and Let Me Walk Right In.
everyone i'm back we just heard four songs from my guest casey johansing's brand new record again everyone the record is amazing it's called no better time and we heard all of me i try even a lot feels like nothing and let me walk right in now you picked these five awesome records and we're gonna we're gonna talk about them and we're gonna play um yay Heartbeat by Chris Cohen yeah. off of his 2012 album Overground Path. Yeah. I love Chris Cohen. Very chill. Yeah. I feel like Brian Wilson inspired a little bit too. Totally. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Have you played shows with him before? Have your paths crossed in the music world? Um, Yeah, he's become a friend here in LA, um, which I still... Like he's such a chill guy, but I still am like I'm just such a huge fan. I I think people who are fans of Chris Cohen are like, You're the best. But he's just Yeah. So down I'm a super fan. Yeah. So like I try to keep it chill. But um I did play one show with him like actually during this time, during this era, um, in Germany. I think I like saw that he was playing and I was like, I'm gonna get on that show but nobody showed up. And so it was just like him watching our band and us watching him. I was very, it was like, I was fine with it. Um, 
but I love this song. Did you like crash the show and like, oh, can I play too type um, of situation? I mean, we booked it before, but like essentially, yeah, we I like finagled my way in, but it was, a, I was so, I was so excited. Um, but uh, yeah, he's, he's so special. And this song is so beautiful. I love all of his records, but I like always come back to this one to heartbeat. Yeah, I wore this record out, definitely. I may need to get a new copy from playing yeah. it too many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did he, has he always lived in LA and I just didn't realize it? Because I thought he lived in Brooklyn for a while. Um, I think he's from LA um, and he lived in the Bay Area for a while. He had that band Crypticized. So he's had like a Bay Area moment, but yeah, he's from LA and li has lived here for a while. Oh, cool. I'm going to have to check out that band because I didn't know about his prior band. So thank you for the reco. Um, also, if I can recommend, that band is with this guy, Aaron Olson, who has a band called LA Takedown that you'd love. And also this um, amazing woman, Nadelle Teresi, who also makes incredible music. They're both amazing. More recommendations. Added them to the list. All right. Next, we got Bonnie by prefab sprout off of steve mcqueen yeah the classic classic sophisti pop yeah album yeah kind of like the genre defining record i'd say when i think sophisti pop this is a record i think of steve mcqueen i um i love this song so much i feel like i was i can't tell if i was like a late bloomer or like an early bloomer because they've had like some more like a you know people are just listening to them more in the past couple of years or I'd never heard of them until maybe four or five years ago and Alex Bleeker actually showed me this song and I just like became obsessed and yeah I love the the solo in this song is so so beautiful um gets me every time they're totally a band that I feel like had a bit of renewed interest the last like five years totally. I'd say totally I think it's because of the catalog. Most of it was reissued, I think. I think that happens a lot. And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, this was great. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I like the um, some of the like acoustic songs that were put out on the reissue, too. He seems like a cool guy. Still hanging out with his like wizard beard. You gotta rock that <laughs> wizard beard. If you're. Yeah, if you can. The guy from Prefab yeah. Sprout, if if he's capable. Yeah. Not everybody can grow wizard level facial hair. No. <laughs> Next. Big Star, the India song off of number one record. Love Big Star. Me too. Love Alex Chilton. Me too. It was really hard to pick a song, like one song off that record. And I don't like finally I just chose India song because I just love it reminds me of Tim. Well, you know, so I have like a sentimental little heart thing happening there, but just like showcasing all the Mellotrons and yeah, just such a transportive, beautiful song. And yeah, always love, love, love me some big star. Love the underdogs. Yeah. I love their story. Alex Chilton's story is crazy. I know. So sad. So sad and so beautiful. That one. Yeah. Their story is crazy, too, about how much renewed interest there's been yeah. in Big Star over the last 20 years mm -hmm. and how this record in particular really? has influenced so many people, despite 
kind of not really making a blip at all on the radar when it first came out. Yeah, yeah, during their time. That story is all too common. So, I mean, theirs is exceptional, but, you know, at least people are loving it now. Totally. All right, next. Pure bathing culture. Pendulum from Moon Tides. This is just a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite songs of theirs. And yeah, I love the production on this one. I believe this is the one they did with Richard Swift. I didn't really know what I was going to say about the pendulum, but I just, I was talking to someone earlier because everything's so crazy right now. So I'm just, I'm really like loving the, or holding on to some vision of the pendulum for hope. And that like, we're going to swing out of this craziness into something better. Yeah. And at least for me too, I remember listening to this record a lot during a better time for, yeah. for me and I guess the yeah. world. So, totally. you know, totally. it kind of brings yeah. that back as well. And these, they're just the sweetest. Dan and Sarah are like two of the kindest, most positive people I've ever met. And they're just, their show is like, they're so good live. They're just such a good band. So everyone, they have a new record out, which just dropped. It's called Carado. And it's awesome. All right. And then we're wrapping it up with Back Baby by Jessica Pratt off of On Your Own Love Again. I'm excited to hear whatever new music Jessica has been working on during these times. I imagine it's she's working on something really beautiful. And I chose this song out of the stack. I I was just like obsessed with this song when it came out. I think it's like another one of those songs I listened to over and over and over again. Yeah, she's amazing. She really is incredible. It's just a soothing song. The yeah, so, yeah. The type of impact she's able to make on a listener, I guess listener me specifically, with yeah. so little that she she yeah, has in I the know. song is just really incredible. When you really really think about it, it's the songs are very minimalist, but really really powerful yeah yeah i love that all of her records have remained pretty uh yeah minimal yeah and so effective all right so without further ado you're gonna hear miss casey johansing's record picks from my record collection starting with heartbeat by chris cohen bonnie by prefab sprout the india song by big star Pure Bathing Culture, their song, Pendulum, and Back Baby by Jessica Pratt. Younger tears are too 
Silence in my stream 
back we heard casey's record picks again for anyone keeping score at home we heard heartbeat by chris cohen bonnie by prefab sprout the india song by big star pendulum by pure bathing culture and back baby by jessica pratt 
So we're coming to the end of this episode. Had a great time with Casey Johansson. Her new record, No Better Time, is out now. You can get it on vinyl via Casey's Bandcamp, caseyjohansson.bandcamp.com. Everyone, that particular spelling is K-A-C-E-Y. J-O-H-A-N-S-I-N-G or you could just check out the link in the description. I always realize I'm spelling it out but the link is right there anyway. <laughs> so, But for people that just want to type it as you're listening you got it. We yeah. got you covered people. You yeah. can get that there. You could also get Casey's great 2017 album The Hiding as well. Casey Thank you very much for appearing on the show today. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun talking. And yeah, thanks for sharing other artists too and helping us out. Oh, of course. My pleasure. You are a wonderful, wonderful artist. And No Better Time is an amazing record. And we're going to play one more song from No Better Time. We're going to play Feels Like Going Home. Tell, tell us a little bit about this track yeah. before we send everyone off into whatever else they're doing after listening to our interview. We won't add on too, end on too sad of a note, but yeah, this song is about my dear friend Willis, who's an amazing musician. We also put out a, a compilation on Night Bloom of his music. Um, he passed away a couple years ago, um, all too young, but um, yeah, so it's about, you know, him and grieving and also just about learning through that experience of grief to not take things for granted and not hold your feelings back and to live your life to its fullest and speak your truth. Super beautiful and a a very nice tribute for your friend as well. One of many beautiful songs on this great new record, No Better Time. Casey, thank you very, very much. Thank you so much. Detective